Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. This is your host here, Doc. I can be reached here every Monday and Friday, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time at 724-444-7444. The caller ID is 145-048. You can also catch all the shows on YouTube, iTunes, Podcast.com, and Vimo. I'd like to say this before I start each and every show. I am not a sports show. I'm not a news show. I'm not an entertainment show. I'm not a show that's going to open up that third eye of yours. That is on you, my friend. But we are going to discuss the things that I find interesting in the world, and they might involve each and every one of those subject matters. So let's start the show. Uh, And the motif of this show is that I want you to just keep this in mind. I'm not going to really delve into it right now, but I will later on. I want you to dance each and every time that you dance. Like King David danced when that Ark of the Covenant was brought in front of him. We have to keep that in mind. We have to enjoy life. But before I get into that, I want to talk about, real briefly, the calf stinking up the joint yesterday. I don't think that there's any need to really worry or panic as of yet. Uh, The game was in Boston. Boston does have home field advantage. Uh, The Cavs have got to play better. That bench for the Cavs was almost nearly invisible. JR cannot continue to have games like this. Uh, George Hill can't have games like this. Kyle Culver can't have games like this. LeBron did not play up to LeBron's standards. And maybe he's given a team a chance to see, do I have to carry these jokers again, you know, literally, do I need to go out here and score 40-some points? And I'm going to give the Celtics some credit. They were on point. They played well. Al Horford was hot to start. Uh, Jalen Brown was Jalen Brown. Uh, Morris played well. They're well-coached. They're well-constructed team. I take nothing away from the Celtics. I still think that somewhere or another the Cavs will pull this series out. But in order for them to do this, this this has to be what is considered a wake-up call. Now, tonight we got the Warriors versus the Rockets. This is the premier matchup, the one everybody's basically been waiting for all season long. We got the Beard, CP3, going against that juggernaut that's been a juggernaut now going on four years in Oakland, uh, Golden State. Now, with this added piece of KD, who's now also a champion as a member of the team last year, I am very interested in it. I wish the NBA cared a little bit more about kids. But these games were on just a little bit earlier. I remember a time it did make a difference if it was East Coast, West Coast. These games came on before 9, 9.30 on the East Coast. I mean, the future fans are little kids. It's school time. Kids are still in school. They have curfews. They have bedtimes, I'm sure. So now they're being put to bed, maybe, 
midway through second quarter. They not even get to see if there's a fantastic finish. They're not even getting the opportunity to see these finishes. Now, this weekend we had, and that being said, I'm sorry, I am picking uh, Golden State to actually steal game one in Houston, and I do have Golden State winning this series unless a catastrophic injury happens to a Golden State Warrior player. Uh, But I uh, take the right to change my mind down the line. But I am not a fan of Golden State, nor am I a fan of the Houston Rockets. I am a San Antonio Spurs fan. I make no bone about it. My team is home, so I'm not invested. I have no dog in this fight. I'm just saying, just as a basketball fan, I think Golden State Warriors will win this series and also will win this game. But I will pick Houston if a devastating injury, and I don't even want to put that kind of juju out there on Golden State. But if it happens, I reserve the right to change my opinion. We had the UFC 224 this weekend. Vitor Belfort for Lyoto the Dragon Machida. Machida caught him with a front kick and pretty much ended Vitor Belfort's career. I am glad to have seen Vitor be a man of his words and lay down his sword in the middle of the ring by placing his gloves, which is basically the sign that a mixed martial artist will no longer fight competitively. He had a long, really long, great career. I wish this fight would have happened many moons ago. I said that Friday. I stand by that. I thought the dragon's feet would be the difference, and the dragon's feet was the difference in this one. But I tip my hat to two gentlemen of the fight game, two men that their countrymen and fans of MMA can always be proud of. But I, I'm, I'm also leaning towards I would like the dragon to start looking at the exit signs also. I don't want to see him get hurt. There's a lot of young talent in that division, and I don't want to see him run up against a bull that he can't handle and that he walks away phased. I want him to leave this game unfazed. I want him to leave with his dignity and his pride. I don't want him in a bloody mess. But I I appreciate both of them, and I'm glad that they got to go out legend versus legend. At least Belfort did. And so I tip my hat, and I wish him the very best in life moving forward. John Lineker for Bryant Keller. And this was a hell of a fight. This uh, Lineker is just a bull of a little man who keeps coming. Kelliger took some blows that I thought should have finished him earlier. I mean, because John was going to that body. He was fishing for the body. He was actually chopping down the tree. And as an ex-boxer, I really enjoy watching guys in the UFC, mixed martial arts, use the art of chopping the tree down. They don't use it much. Mostly is head hunting, but this was beautiful and this was a great and entertaining fight. We had Mackenzie Dern for the Amanda Cooper. Mackenzie Dern 
disrespected the sport totally by coming into this fight seven pounds overweight. How they allowed this fight to still go on, I don't know what kind of financial arrangements they came up to or whatever, but to be seven pounds heavier in a woman's division puts you in the next weight class at the tail end of the next weight class. And Mackenzie handled her. She took her out in the first round. But even though Mackenzie weighed 124 in a 116-pound weight class, she looked like she stepped in the ring a buck 30-plus. Mackenzie seems to be a big girl who carries a lot of weight, and it looked like she said, fuck it, I don't care, I'm going to go have me some steaks, uh, the cutting weight shit is over. So she looked like she actually climbed in that ring, 130 to 135, 140. I mean, it was such a big difference in size that it was ridiculous. We have Ronaldo, Jacare Souza for Kelvin Gaslam. What a fight. That was also a great three rounds. I thought uh, Sousa had done enough to win the fight, but Kelvin Gassum got the decision, so I tipped my hat to him. He looked in good shape. He took some devastating blows. Uh, it looked like for a lot of, after midway through the second round, Jacare was sucking air. A lot. I mean, he was sucking air a lot. I'm not usually used to see him like that. He looked in phenomenal shape outwardly. But, you know, maybe the 38 years is catching up to him a little bit. Uh, and the sky's the limit for Calvin. It's just the limit. As long as he can make that weight, he could never make the 170, but it seems like 185, he's not going to have that big of problems. Then we had the headline fight which was Amanda the Lioness Nunez versus Raquel Pennington. Raquel Rocky is a tough, tough woman. Amanda tore her legs up in the first round. That left leg of Raquel looked like she had been in a seven-round war, and we only talking the first two minutes of the first round. So that had to be hurting. And... A war with attrition caught up to Raquel. She got busted up as she always gets busted up. This woman is a bleeder. I mean, I've never seen a female fighter who's a bleeder like she is, but she bleeds and she seems to bleed from the middle of the forehead. She has a Ric Flair thing going, Dusty Rhodes Ric Flair thing where she just bleeds. Uh, like I said, I, I credit her toughness. She, she withstood some blows. Uh, Amanda was just better than her with her feet and with her hands. Now, I get, it's a little bit of controversy with this fight. Raquel, at the end of the fourth round, was sitting on a stool. She got up. She stood up, talked to her cornermen outside the octagon, and said, I'm done. I'm finished. As somebody who fought before, when a fighter tells you that they're done, I understand that you might ignore the situation if it's the middle of the first round, but you have to evaluate what is the real chance of my fighter winning this fight and what kind of damage has been done to my fighter. By this time, Rocky's nose might have been already broken. She was bleeding from her eyes. Her legs were damaged. And you've got to look past 
just the eyes, and they say the eyes are a window to the soul. You gotta look inside and see what you see. If nothing, if you get an emptiness come back at you, then you're gonna have to agree with your fighter. There's no convincing. There's no shaming. There's no get the fuck out there and do what you're trained to do. You know. If you can look at them and see that the regret will not be there tomorrow, that they did not go back out, then you stop the fight. Your job is there to protect them. You're there to protect them, not just for that day, but their futures. Because when brains get rattled, you never know. You might get your brain rattled today, and you never recover from that rattle. Um, so I, I hold our corner at fault for not doing the right thing, especially since Amanda had to go out and do her job. And Amanda came out there in that fifth round and actually looked like beat some blood clots out of her nose because that was some deep, dark, almost black blood that was dripping off her. Raquel took damage and punishment that she didn't deserve that I'm sure Amanda wouldn't have wanted to afflict. Amanda would have been quite happy never returning for the fifth round, but she's a champion, so she did what she had to do. And the woman's got heavy hands, and she landed another devastating elbow, and it was kind of bad to watch. It was brutal to watch a woman go through what she did not have to go through. So all in all, this UFC 224 was a pretty good card. I could not really complain. I didn't watch a lot of the undercard. I watched the main card, which I just capsulated for you, and it was entertaining. So I tip my hat every time the UFC puts on a decent card. That's not only decent on paper, but it's decent and worth the time that you spend, the time and energy that it takes to sit there and watch. Thank you, UFC. Thank you, fighters. Thank you, combatants. Thank you, crowd, for putting on a... Being a good crowd, it was all in all a good experience. This weekend, we had the PGA Golf Championship, and I congratulate Webb Simpson. Four and a half years it's been since he had a victory. So this was long overdue. He played some good golf, but he was really in no jeopardy at all Sunday. You know, Tiger got within four shots. Tiger played all in all, the last two days, Saturday and Sunday, he looked at pretty tigerish. He had some bad moments, but for the most part, he looked very good. I enjoy golf. I enjoy the game. I enjoy watching the game. I enjoy watching guys being able to do stuff that I will never have the ability to do. And also watching these people who are at the top of a profession also exhibit the same frustrations and angst and disappointments and errors that amateurs are facing every Monday through Sunday in golf courses around the world to let you know that it's a game that you can be very good at. It's a game that you can play at high levels, but it's a game that you will never master. So it's no need in going crazy trying to figure out how to master this game. Just play this game to the best of your abilities. And uh, I say to the PGA, it was damn entertaining. And I got to see some stuff that I'd never seen before. Phil Mickelson wore this thing called the Workday, I guess, Workday Business Shirt. And boy, is this, to me, a loser. This Workday Business Shirt is that same button-up shirt 
I'm talking long sleeve button-up shirt. I can't imagine playing golf with that when you could play golf in a short sleeve shirt. Now, one thing I I will say that I thought was really cool is uh, my wife called them bandit collars, but they are now seem like a lot of golfers have went to this shirt where there's basically no real collar. And I wonder if, how long it's going to take to trickle down so that we now, Joe Blow, when we go to driving ranges, we go to golf courses, we can be told that we no longer have to wear collared shirts. And I'm hoping that something trickles down prontissimo because I have some nice preacher collar shirts that I would love to wear, and I don't know if they will allow it right now. Right now on golf courses around the world, you're required to wear a college shirt. So it's kind of cool not to see pros wearing no collars. Who we got here? Net boy. <clears throat> hey, Net, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. Fantastic. I got to ask you a question, man, since I got you here. Have you seen these Boston Dynamic robot dogs? No. Okay. Well, Boston Dynamics has created what Black Mirror actually alluded to a year ago. A hundred percent working robot dogs. <laughs> it's the scariest shit in the world. And they are going to release these for sale to the general public in 2019. Well, I guess it's better than having a dog you got to feed and clean up after. But see, here's the scary part. This is a relentless, what, it has no soul, so what could you do to stop it? And when somebody, if somebody mounts a weapon, now think about the technology. You have the technology to somebody to mount a weapon. You could fly a drone over it and joystick the weapon. And this is a, just, uh, just a killing machine. Yeah. I want I want you and anybody that can listen to me to do this. It takes two seconds. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have a picture with this presentation. Boston Robotics has a line of six, basically Terminators <laughs> on the oh, market wait, so I, right I now. I did see a picture. Someone posted it on Facebook. Yes, they have a line of Terminators. I mean, <laughs> this fucking robot dog. It looks like a, a like say the shape of a dog. Naturally, it's not gonna look like a like a wolfy wolf dog. Yes. But the shit can stand in front of a knob. It arm comes up. It can turn the knob. <laughs> Open the door. It can climb steps. So you can't get. I mean, this shit is Black Mirror come to life. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out. Does our government now start dealing with uh, like Boston Robotics and say, you know what? We don't have to send men into war. We can land a plane over there. We can let out 2,000 of them, and they can do the business for us because they can go day and night. You don't have to feed them. There's no shit to uh, scoop up. Uh, you can't even track them. I mean, this is this is some crazy futuristic stuff here, man. We're living in the Terminator time. Yeah, it's you know what, uh, and and with the people that we have in control, it makes it horrifying because I don't trust them. You know, I do not trust them. Yes. 
Did you watch the Cavs play yesterday, the Celtics? Uh, I saw I saw the Celtics play. I didn't know if the Cavs ain't show up. Okay, well, I agree with you there. <laughs> I, I actually thank the Celtics and I thank the Cavs because I was deep into my golf, uh, watching golf yesterday. Yeah. And when I looked up and seen the score was 9 to 27, I said, I can finish my golf and don't have to worry about this game. So I thanked them for a real horrible game one. I didn't have to switch back and forth. It was, it was kind of great to me. Yeah, I like that. Boston did it without having to tank. They created a, a young team. Bro, the Nets, part of the Nets being so damn dumb, but Boston still got an early draft pick this season too. Uh, the Boston Celtics could legitimately be the Spurs for the next 10 years. Yep. Or if they want to push it up a notch, they could be Golden State, what is Golden State right now. Yeah, they're going to have, have a problem in, I'm going to say, maybe four years. Yeah, once, when they got to sign everybody. Yeah, once these guys get, because they got to pay Kyrie Irving. And once these other guys get off their rookie deals, they got to find some money. Yeah, and see, well, here's the scary thing. And this is Danny Angie's a scary dude. If, if say, some crazy way, this Celtic team wins the championship. I'm saying go crazy. Yeah. They win a championship. All of a sudden, Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown or Rozier or even Tatum become trade bait instantly next year for, like, Kawhi. And he says, yeah. I move on already. Yep. Because he's, he's a gunslinger. Uh, uh, listen, he's made, they talk about the process in Philly. They really should have talked about the process in Boston. Yeah. And on top of it, he didn't tank to get there. Yeah, Philly tanked. Philly tanked for like four years. And on top of it, people give Philly's process so much credit when they've had failures. They drafted Okafor. He's a garbage. They drafted Nolan's. Garbage. So it hasn't been all hits with them. It hasn't been all hits. Did you see Amanda Nunes fight this weekend? It was so I, I totally forgot UFC twenty uh, two twenty four was on, but it was so much about uh, Raquel Pennington corner. I went back to look it up and I found it. And man, oh man, she needs to fight her complete team. Yes, they they failed her, and I you know I was talking about that already, but. Amanda did what she had to do. Amanda goes out to finish people. Yeah. Raquel did not deserve what she got. Yeah, and their friend. So, Jesus. She did not deserve what she got. But you can't fault Amanda for doing her job. Oh, and no, like, Amanda, no. like Amanda said, she didn't know. And I'm kind of glad Amanda didn't know. Because but Amanda brutalized her legs in that first round. where It looked like she had got hit. I thought she got hit by a car before she fought. Yeah. I was like, how could somebody's leg be that damaged in two minutes? <laughs> this woman, Amanda Nunes, has got to be the scariest woman walking. Not Chris Cyborg. Yeah. Amanda Nunes is the scariest woman. And the thing that makes her twice as scary as most women, if a woman is usually that scary, she's fierce. Yeah. Amanda Nunes knows how to do it with a smile. That's all. I don't she, why they don't promote her like that. She's 
she comes off as such a nice young lady. Yep. I mean, she's a nice young lady, and she's a killer. So her heart doesn't match what she does to you. Now, you know, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm glad you called in, because there's a major problem in the UFC and WWE. Look. I don't know if they need to pull all the women off uh, television and off of the cards for like a month. These chicks are killing each other, man. Do you see the line of injuries that they are committing on each other? No, I didn't see anything. I just don't know that Charlotte just lost her teeth. But Okay, well, this is Charlotte losing her teeth after Nia destroys Alexa's shoulder. After Sasha, Sasha ends Paige's career. You know, it's, it's, it's just too many. We don't hear about the guys like this. I really think it's because there's only like 20 of them, so it always seems like it's a lot. Yeah, but it seems like they're damaging each other, and they're damaging each other too quick, too fast, and too much. Yep. Way too much. I mean, you know, I, I feel I feel bad for Charlotte. I'm like, damn, she just started, you know, her, her life off. You know, there's great dentists out there, so. But this you know, is the second time her teeth came out, so they might it might be the the veneers that came out again. Oh, okay. She had lost but, them before. You know, they just just building up. Well, you know, the same shit happened to Natalia. Yeah, um, Cesaro too. He that's why he had to wear that mouthpiece for like three months. Yeah, well, see, I can I can see that. Cause he hit his head on like the uh, his face on the on the on the uh, ring post thing, yeah. turnbuckle. Damn! How after all these years of watching wrestling, I don't know what's called a turnbuckle. I guess that's why Sinsuke always wear his mouth guard. Yeah, and they got to do something with that too. They got to do something. They I, I see they signed them for Money in the Bank. I think people are definitely looking for a end game. Yeah. With that, this I is not ninth. I told somebody, I said, the WWE needs, and I know it's going to cost money in their pocket, maybe do 10 months a year. Take two months off. They need an off-season. These guys need to replenish. Storylines need to be renewed or better storylines need to be created. They need, like, two months off. Let NXT yeah. run for the 12 months and WWE run 10 months. Everybody needs to recharge their batteries. Everybody. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm glad you said that because uh, I was just thinking, and I, I just wrote this up myself, 521, which is next Monday, yeah. will be my last show until like sometime mid-June because so, I need to recharge. I need to relax. I need to walk away from my own podcast for a while because you get to carry all these stories. I don't need yeah. all this shit in my head. I need to be able to look at the news, look at TV, and say I'm not paying attention to anything where I'm taking notes and I want to talk about this on Monday and Friday for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. It becomes so a burnout. It's a burnout. Yeah. I, I'm recharging, refocusing, and just backing up. Matter of fact, today... I even dropped my Instagram because I'm tired of even looking at the outside world. I'm just tired <laughs> of it. I'm tired of sharing anything about me, and I'm tired of looking at the outside world. Yeah, it's I, I basically I am I am close as I have ever been to like just sizzling, 
I mean, it's first of all, it is too damn hot in North Carolina. We in these nineties. This is nineties followed by nineties and nineties. It's way too early. It's only the fourteenth of May. We in midsummer weather. It's seventies at night. I mean, I just was outside, uh, say twenty minutes ago, and man, it was sizzling. I mean, it's impressive. It's bacon grease out there. Yeah. Man, I finally broke down and seen the Black Panther. How did you like it? It was not the best Marvel movie. I enjoyed it. I I do not have it at the top of my I do not have it at the top of my food chain. Uh I I enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed Siri. Oh yeah. I like she stole the show. Yeah, I liked her comic relief. I um I didn't think it was better. I think, to me, if I had to pick a number one, it's Strange. That's yeah, my favorite. Like, strange is in my top five. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. Uh, I, I I really, you know, I, I know I'm in the uh, minority here, but I loved Ragnar. I entirely loved Ragnar. I thought that was the best Thor movie, but uh, I, for some reason I really don't like Thor, period, so... Well, I, you know what? Thor was always one of my favorites, especially oh. when Thor knows who the fuck Thor is. You know, they I ruined mean, Thor for me with the Natalie Portman in one and two, so I could care, I started to care less about the character because I didn't want to see Natalie Portman. See, what they they made a huge mistake was, well, I guess it was a build-up because a lot of this stuff in Marvel is build-ups. It was almost like they let Thor not know. He was a baby Thor. Yeah. He doesn't know who he is. Thor, Thor could go to worlds and destroy worlds. He is not. He's not. He's not fucking Tony Stark. He's yeah. Thor is special. Okay, Thor is special. He is beyond these guys. Yep. Yeah. Even just like Captain America can die. Because Captain America is human, but Captain America might be the strongest man, physical man, who's ever lived or could ever live because his strength is mythical. Yeah. He's basically everything America proclaimed to be back in the 1940s. Yep. And see, that's his problem. He's not from our time. And that's why he eventually is going to die. I know he's going to die, and Bucky's going to become Captain America. Yeah. Bucky's, I mean, I already see the writing on the wall because that's that's the comics. Yeah, and he already said he ain't coming back, so. Yeah, you know what? Captain America has to, uh, he turned over, just like Tony Stark eventually turned over his shield, too. Yeah. I mean, he turned over his Iron Man suit. But see, there's a lot of people who who watch the movies. They're not familiar with the cartoons. I was that little kid sitting in my fucking room every Saturday running to the newsstand waiting for the new comics to come out. That was me. Yeah. <clears throat> now, X-Men wasn't popular in my day. Only freaks watched, uh, let's watch the, I mean, read X-Men. I didn't have any X-Men friends. All right. So I didn't know who the fuck the X-Men was until the movies. Then I got into the X-Men. The movie made me get into them. I, I mean, you know, everybody know. I just, after watching Black Panther, I didn't even realize that Storm comes from Black Panther. Or she marries Black Panther in some form of way. 
Well, see, that that might be uh, something Avengers because uh, Storm. Damn, man, Storm is uh, is an ex person, and Storm is powerful. But I mean, nobody did this. One of the strongest, if not the strongest, X Men is really uh, Phoenix. What's her name? Jeannie. Oh, uh, Jean Grey, yeah. Jean Grey, I mean, she's... You just think about what the name Phoenix means. She she resurrects. I mean, so there are some... There are some characters who backstory and their power is outrageous. I, you know what? I can't wait to watch The Avengers. Hopefully I'll see it this weekend. I'm not very familiar with Thanos. Now, I don't know if Thanos is as strong as a... The Silver Surfer. See, let's not forget, Silver Surfer eats planets. Yep. He eats galaxies. I mean, think about that. Galaxy absorbs them. That 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 that's some serious craziness. These these fucking cartoon writers, they they they. I don't know what kind of acid they were on back in the day when they was creating these people. <laughs> you know, but. I thank him for him. You see yeah, this family? Like what? You see this family? How about the car with the baby and a fucking cheetah and a safari park? Yeah, fucking, yo, people are retarded. <laughs> those, people, those are the people that, I mean, not the baby, but those are the people when they get killed or something, I'd be like, they deserve this. I want to know one thing, uh, Nat. Maybe you could help me. Why don't people feel so fucking entitled that they think they can fuck around with lions, tigers, cheetahs, and bears? Yeah. What, what what happened to man? Do we watch too much movies? I guess, yeah. The cheetah's going to jump on me, and I'm just going to punch it in the face. Did you see the way the lady was basically waving cheetahs away? She was like, while well, she's holding a baby and all. I mean, first of all, if child's, child protective services should go to our home and take that baby. Yeah. Who the fuck hops out of a car? Me personally, I, I'm gonna tell you now. I pay too much for my vehicle. I don't give a damn what little kid is in my world or how much they cry, shit, shake, and holler. I'm not taking my vehicle to any safari. Ain't no monkeys ripping off my fucking hood, knocking <laughs> off my. You know, I, I'm not. You know, I did that shit one time. I tell you, it was a long day. Great adventure. I rode through the uh, safari. What yeah. a bore. It was horrible. I never want to drive through another safari as long as I live. <laughs> and that was Great Adventure, man, in New Jersey. So yeah. I can't even imagine doing it in a real safari park. I mean, what about if some baboons get on your shit? Um, yeah, that's how they, they – some parks, they keep the – the sorry, animals are caged in. But, oh, um, so they can't destroy your stuff. Yeah, like the monkeys can't get in, and they monkeys used to throw feces and shit. But now they got a rooftop; they can't even get it over the over the gate. Yeah, uh, you know what? And now man has lowered himself to monkey status, throwing shit at each other in prisons. I mean, so we oh, yeah. we we're lunatics. Now well, I, I, I always I, tell people, I say, hey, prison was built to <laughs> a correction center, but they got rid of the correction part. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just a zoo. Yeah. I uh, I also seen a video that flipped me out. Now I understand 
your, your daughter gets a bad grade in school, but should you go to the school and then the principal's office or the guidance counselor office, rip off your belt and start beating your child's ass? You see that video <laughs> of the cop beating his daughter's ass? No, I missed that one. You got to check it out. Yeah, he whips off his belt, but see, he's... I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is this guy actually doing when he arrests somebody because he pulled his own daughter by the hair. He pulls her by her ponytail, takes off this belt, and, and the lady sitting across, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if she's a teacher, guidance counselor, or the principal. You could see that she's in total shock. She's like, what the fuck is this man doing? He's whipping her ass with a belt. And it looked like he brought his thick belt that day. Not like his, this is not like his everyday wear belt. This is like his cop belt. You know, uh, it's a big, thick belt. And he's wilding on her. Oh, of course. This shit happened in Miami. <laughs> yeah, he could be Hispanic or white. I don't know, but. Yeah, his last name is a Spanish name, so he has to be some form of Spanish. Yeah, that, that's insane, man. I mean, damn. Nothing, nothing goes on in the privacy of the home. And oh, if shit goes yeah, that's. I'm thinking a little kid. This is a big ass kid. Yeah, this is like a uh, maybe a high school student or yeah, reason, yeah. a junior yeah. high school kid. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, I'm watching the video while he's taking her. The goddess counselor is just looking at the her computer screen. Because she don't know what to do. She's like, "This is bullshit, man." Because she's scared. I'm next. <laughs> but you, you don't jump up and say, "Hey, you can't do that here," or something like that. He's yeah, probably like, she, he's probably like, I'm tired of this girl anyway. She she probably in my office every week. Listen, she, that guy in the council, principal, whatever she is, she know that man's a cop. Oh. She, she know her father's a cop because I'm sure that girl has used that line. Oh, my father's a police. Right. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, he's probably going to lose his job. Yeah, but you know what, man? We've had... Um, it's been a typical week for the police. A bunch of them out of control. We had one punch a kid in the face. Yeah. Then we had some old black lady look like, I mean, she almost looks like the stereotypical gray head church black lady. We're like nine of them drag her out the car while she's screaming the whole time. I want to speak to your supervisor. And I think somebody there keeps saying I'm the supervisor, but he doesn't do anything to help. Yeah. It's a tra- it's just a traffic stop. A traffic stop. I mean, damn. You, should you? And because she cussed him. You don't have the right to fucking cuss. I cuss you. You got to drag me out of my car. You ever seen a white person deal with the cops and they call them all types of fucking names and they never get... Body slammed or clothesline. They get a token. <laughs> well, here, Net, I got it for you. This is just it right here. A white guy can go on a shooting spree, right? Yep. He gets cuffed and walked in a precinct. A person of color could be jaywalking and get a eight cop beat down if he's lucky. Yep. That's luck. He might be sentenced to death. It's just amazing that, and, and the thing is, from from the highest on down, nobody seems to think this is wrong. And then they always, what they, what they say is, oh, he was existing arrest. 
What? You mean to tell me, this is what I, what I try to explain to people. If a cop punch you in your face, is your first initial reaction to give the cops your hands? No, you're still a human. <laughs> we have we have a thing inside of us that's called fight or flight. Yeah. If if you cannot get away, your first reaction, if you're a rational, normal human being, is to defend yourself. Yeah. Think, you think about that prom kid that was being choked. Matter of fact, we got a... Waffle House has had the worst month of all corporations. Other people thought they had bad months like Dove and and uh, Starbucks. But Waffle House has repeated incident after incident after incident. That white cop choking that young guy, taking his sister to dinner after the prom, is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And and what is the, the you're right? What is that young man supposed to do? I'm going to let you choke me till I die, or do I try to get your hands off of me? Yeah, that's why people are like, oh, he didn't comply with the officers. Uh, what the officer was saying, but I'm like the guy was. First off, the guy was like five times bigger than him. His hand was literally took up the kid's whole neck. So if you're choking me, bitch. I'm trying to get your hand off of my throat. That's yes. the reaction. And, and you know what? It, it, you just go. There's a thing. Now, if you are not well, if you are not well mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, you might just like limp dog like people want you to do. But that means you're not well. If you're normal, Think about it. If a boy, say a little six-year-old, is getting spanked by his mother, his natural reaction is every time she hits with the belt, grab belt. It's just natural reaction. Yeah. Now, the kid that just lets you beat them, something's wrong with them. You need, to, you need to check on that kid. That's the kid you watch out for. That kid's detached. He might be already on the spectrum. Yeah. Something ain't right there. But we don't usually just let people punch us in the face and, and, and either not get the fuck out of Dodge or defend ourselves. It's just what's going to happen. But there is no more, there's no more indignation from anywhere. Nowhere. It, it, it's, we've become net, we have now 100% almost numb to the shit now. It, it, it's, it's a sad situation that we've become, it's just numb, yep. you know. Now, it's almost think, like. This is why people be like, oh, it's not okay. It, it's okay for the people to call the cops because the cops didn't have to do the investigation. But when when people call the cops on black people, there's a high possibility of a chance that it could escalate to someone being killed. Yeah, well, you know what? I had an incident, you know, and I'll be a little personal here. About uh, a year ago, I had an incident where I blacked out for a minute in my own home. Yeah. And I woke up, and I had cops and uh, EMTs in my house. Yeah. Now, you would think that a normal person, first thing out of their mouth after I say, where's my wife? Because I'm, I'm, I'm really out of it. Yeah. So where's my wife? I spot my wife, and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. I see the police, and first thing that come out of my mouth is, y'all need to leave. 
the EMT guy said, us? And I was like, no, nobody invited the police to my home. Y'all need to go. My wife said, you should have seen their face. She said, I could tell you were still out of it, but you, you had enough in you at that moment that you told them you're not welcome. Like, you know, like you tell Dracula you can't enter my home. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, they were mad as hell when they left, but because they had no right to be there. I said, nobody called y'all. I said, I know my wife wouldn't call y'all. I didn't do anything to her. Yeah. And it was like, listen, you, you're getting upset. I was like, you know what's making me more upset? These motherfuckers being in my house. Yep. I pay, I pay to be here. They don't have a right to be. I need them to go. You want me to calm down. You need to get them out because I'm more worried about them than what happened to me. I, we'll figure out whatever happened to me. But me trusting them is not something I can do even sick. Yeah. You know? And, you know, that is fucked up that you got to feel that way. You come out of a haze. You don't even know what's going on in your world, in your entire world. But you see that uniform. You see those guns. You see them badges. You see them cuffs. You see that spray. And you go, these Gestapos are going to do me worse than anything that just happened to me. I don't, I'll take my chances. You know, you, you say you'd rather walk with fucking alligators and, and two pit bulls. Yep. Than to deal with the police, you know, and, and and I guess that's why I had like a, I had a motif like that I wanted to talk about for this show, and it was just like real simple. It's like dance every time, like the King David, because he danced so he danced so fucking hard that he danced out of his clothes. And that could you imagine in front of a crowd of people, he danced out of his clothes till he's butt naked. Yep. <laughs> but you know what? You in this world, you don't know. When you get stopped for the lightest shit, if it's your last day. So you might as well dance with no shame every chance you get. Find something to dance about every single day. It flips people out, and I'm not lying, man. If I'm lying, I'm flying. I might be in the top No, I'm not so bad a pop locker that I'm like those white fathers on TV, you know, where they do the pop locker, they put their hands under their arm. But I must pop lock or dance in my house at least once a day for no apparent reason. It's just because I'm happy and the mood takes me. And I'll be like, you know what? Shit. I'm like, hey, I just bust the mood for no reason. Yeah. And I might do it again two hours from now. But why should I? My wife done got used to it now. She's like, this fucking this idiot. Look at him. He's over there. He's doing a whole complete dance. And all he was doing was going for the bathroom during the commercial. And coming back from the bathroom. And he's over there dancing for two minutes. This is nothing to be ashamed of because life is fleeting, man. It goes so fast. One day you're 28 years old. The next day you're 50 and feeling pain. It happens just that quick. Yep. Just that quick. I mean, 28, I didn't even know what the fuck word pain was. I couldn't spell it. As far as I knew, it was P-A-Y-N-E. 50 is sometimes I, I, my fucking back be like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I'm talking about just from sitting on the couch. Wow. I didn't do anything worth a damn, and I got a pain in my back. So, you know what? I learned to enjoy all my moments, every minute. You know, complain about some heat, but shit, it beats the alternative of not feeling nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm you Gotta enjoy life, man. Yeah. You know what? You work. 
five days a week. Some people work six days a week, seven days a week. The unfortunate ones, some people work in two jobs. You got to turn some of that capital that you make, not just be money. It's also got to be memories. It's got to be good times. It's got to be stuff that gives you quality of life. I, I don't know if you have any kind of hobbies, but if you don't find one, find three. I don't give a fuck what they are as long as they make you feel good. I love hitting golf balls. That's my thing. I can't play ball like I used to. Football's done. I ain't the best softball player. I can hit like a motherfucker, but I ain't the best catcher. So I don't don't play softball. I can. I suck at bowling. Suck at it. (laughs) But one thing that I'm really decent at is golf. Matter of fact, for the first time in 20 years, it took 20 years, Net last Tuesday, my wife actually picked up a club and hit balls. I was so proud of her. I could have had a tear roll down my eye. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is she doing? She's like, I watch you golf for all these years, and... I look over, what happened was it was hot as hell, like 86 degrees, and it was a big fat guy. He brought a bucket of balls that was too big for him, so he left like 70 or 80 of them, yeah. and my wife was like, you know what, I'll hit those, and I can turn over, and I'm looking, I'm seeing the ball go out, I'm like, damn, you know how many years I asked her to do that? No, 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 so she finally did, I was like, great, like, you know, we also have, I mean, some people paint. Some people take pictures. Some people, I, I got people, you know, this is North Carolina, man. I met people down here. Their thing is fishing. Now, I don't want nothing to do with no fishing, but if that makes you happy, then do it. Yeah, that's true. That's why, yeah, that's how people do what makes you happy. As long as you ain't hurting nobody else, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, try not to make your hobby only video games. Yeah. Make it have some physical, you know, you got to do something. Even if a guy, say, even if a guy's into photography, he's got to interact with nature or outside in some way, shape, or form. You're not just sitting in the window taking pictures. I mean, you're framing shit, you're bending, you, you know, like you're a part of the art. Yep. Too many people don't have anything to distract them from life, so life eats them up. You know, that's all they deal with is life, bills. You know what? If you have fun or you don't have fun, you still got bills to pay, right? You know, all the time, yep. Okay, cable is coming in. That that cell phone that you got that you play around with all day, that shit ain't free. The bill is coming. You know, so you might as well have some fun. That's how I know mi- how people work all year and don't go on a vacation. Not even one vacation. Sure. Man, some people do. I knew people. You know, maybe your buddies might have been a little bit more progressive than mine. I am not lying that I got some guys I know have not been anywhere in 15 years. Yep. 15 years. Maybe, and I might, I might be giving them more credit than they deserve. You know, I got some guys I know ain't been on a plane, and then so and then they become liars. Oh, I'm kind of scared to fly. Used to fly when you were younger, had better jobs all the time. 
But you just developed a fair flying at like 46? But even if you have a fucking fear flying, first of all, everyone that say they have a fear flying, I think it's just, I don't think they actually have been on the airplane where they've been like, oh shit, I'm, I just realized I'm scared of flying. They're just scared of the idea of flying. So, yeah. I just take that, like, I, I don't like flying, but shit, I, I like to go places and not spend 40 hours in a car. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you. You know what? I I think after you check in, here's the deal. Once you put that seatbelt on, and that motherfucker taxis away from the uh, he taxis away from the uh, the gate. Yeah. The control is all gone. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's completely over. Not even the only, Once they close that door, you ain't got no more to say so. Yeah, you know now the only thing you can do, you can you got two choices. You can zone out with that shit that you brought on board to distract you. Yep. Because we all, if if you got any sense, the smart flyers have got between music, books, our our, our tablets. So we got things to distract us and a feedback. Or you could sit there and be praying that you hit ground. In five, six hours or whatever. And I, I choose not to be that guy. Yep. As a matter of fact, I've been on some horrendous flights. Me and my wife took a flight one time, man. We came through Kansas City through a storm. And damn, man, that was like, I don't know if you've ever been on it. Coney Island's roller coaster, the cyclone. Yeah. Rickety, shitty. I mean, it just was, we were, bo- we were bouncing Two hours of bouncing, and this is him saying, I'm trying to avoid it, people. Yep, yep. And I'm, he's telling me, I'm trying to avoid it, but there is no way I can go. He was like, there are tornadoes and thunderstorms on the ground believe, below us, and there's nothing that I could do. But, you know, I also say to myself, that pilot's a human being up there. He wants to make it home, too. Yeah, that's what I always say. That's what I say the same thing. I have one coming back from Puerto Rico where have you ever seen the very first episode of Lost when the plane was like where the, the overhead bins was opening up? It was, it was like yeah. that. I mean, it was so bad that the lady next to me grabbed her cross, screamed out and started praying. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm on this flight by myself. So now I'm getting nervous too now. Man, I just wanted to kick the ground when I got off that plane. That was the worst flight of my life. But it actually, you know what? It makes me feel better now that I see that Southwest was able to land that plane with one engine. Uh, Sully was able to land that plane on the water. So I'm like, okay, planes can land with one engine. Oh, and let's not forget today, Southwest. Uh, I forget where it was. It might have been leaving Ohio or, or Texas. Lost cabin pressure. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Now. I don't like that Southwest keeps coming up because they're my fucking airline when I go to the West Coast. Yeah. I don't have a choice because Southwest gets me to the West Coast in four hours and 25 to four hours and a half. JetBlue gets me to the West Coast in eight to nine hours because I got to fly stupid, stupidest thing ever. I got to fly all the way back to Boston to go back to the West Coast, which is asinine. Yep. And there's a stopover. And I don't like stopovers when I can go straight 
If I'm going to pay you the money, give me a nonstop flight. Now, yep. getting to New York, I got, I mean, well, put it this way, Ned. The flight to New York is so short that by the time you, like, say if I had the New York Daily News, by the time I got, like, to the eighth page in the sports section, I'd be landing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've been on those flights before. You know, 40 minutes. You you spend more time, put it, I know this for a fact, I spend more time going through security in New York than I do flying from New York to North Carolina. That yeah. is, and I never understood why people would drive 12 hours down here. That's what, I don't get that. Oh, my God. I do not understand that. I'm like, it's cheaper. I mean, all right. If you're going to spend the gas, maybe if you've got a family of eight, but if you're going to spend the gas anyway, you might that you get by plane tickets, the gas and tolls. I've seen. I've, I value seven, my time. Your, your time is supposed to be money. Yep. Because if you are not, you place the importance on who you are in this world by how you treat yourself. Now, think about it. $79. I found $79 tickets from New York, from Raleigh to New York. $79. Yep. Think about me driving between food, bathroom stops, gas. I'm spending way more than $79. And besides, what am I paying myself? Two cents an hour? Yeah, when I tell people alone, I said, Jersey to get into New York is $35. Easy, because you got to pay the Turnpike toll, then you got to pay the George Washington Bridge or Lincoln Tunnel toll. So you pay thirty. So just say Jersey is thirty-five. Now you got to count all the other tolls you're gonna run run through, and the gas. Yeah, yeah. Don't you have to do one like in Delta, uh, Delaware, or? Uh, you got to pay for the Delaware Bridge, and you got to pay uh once once going out of Maryland. But if you come in into Maryland, I think you got to pay twice. Okay, then. So it's cheaper. To get your air, your ass up in the air and get your ass back down. Yeah, I ain't getting on no Chinese bus. I'm not taking no Greyhound. <laughs> but listen, they have uh, the Chinese bus is insane, and that's not even in my that I, I forgot what the hell they call it. But it's like, well, if, put it this way: if you could basically go like anywhere on the whole East Coast for twenty, thirty dollars, that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that the driver don't sleep. What the hell? I ain't going. No, thank you. Okay. Yeah, you gotta. You know what? You, like I said, you put the value on your existence. If, okay, I, I, I'm a brand new coworker of yours. Yeah. And every day I see that you eat uh, two francs, two dirty water francs, and you bring a twenty five. Sent bag of chips in from home, and you drink a quart of water. <laughs> so when I take you to lunch, I could take you anywhere. I say, you know, I got you. I take you to lunch, and I take you to the Dollar Pizza Parlor, the not the good pizza shop. I take you to Dollar Pizza <laughs> because you already put a value on yourself. You yep. don't have a value. You don't value yourself, so nobody else. Now, if if you, somebody sits there and they see that you eat yourself a nice salad with a, a steak or some shit, and I, I know that's kind of outrageous for lunch. Now, if somebody takes you to lunch, they say, you know what, I got to treat this person well. You know what, because this person has some kind of standards. And I got to at least come up to them. Yep. You know, hey, let me take you out for drinks. You know, I'll hang out with you and buy you drinks, and they buy you a 40. 
I mean, because you already told everybody I'm a bum. So yep. what are they going to do? They're going to treat you like a bum. Yep. You know? Yep, I'm, I'm, my time. I'm going to, I got a, I got a trip to Paris. And I told my friends, I was like, listen, I reserved my seat on a plane because I don't want to be fucking uncomfortable for seven hours on a flight. Because on, uh, on British Airways, you can't pick your seat for free until 24 hours before the flight. So I was like, listen, I went in and bought my seat because I don't want to. Imagine being stuck in the middle seat for seven hours and you got two fat people on each end. No, no, no. I, I, I always, I do whatever I have to do to get the aisle seat. My wife's the middle. Yep. And we pray for the third person at a window not to be uh, chubby. Yep. But I need to, even, even though I'm short as a motherfucker, I need to, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't like looking out the window. Uh, I need the, I need the aisle seat. I need the aisle to stretch my legs, though. I, I got stuck in the middle seat coming back from WrestleMania, and I was so upset that the guy sitting next to the window was fat. I was so happy the lady next to me was slim, and she didn't mind me inching my way a little in her seat. And see, and what works with me with the me taking the the the, the outside, my wife in the middle. Even though you know you got seatbelt rules and everything, we always pull the arm up between us, so oh, we yeah. have like the extra room. So you can't yeah. do that when the chick a stranger. But yeah. you want to know something, man? You have a great time over there. Uh, I think there's a train that you could actually take. Maybe that takes you into uh, England itself. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, you know, most people, that's like a part of that trip. You're going to be there for four or five days at least? Yeah, but we're going to a festival over the weekend that's in Paris. So the only day I'll have to travel is like either Friday morning or Monday. Now, what I would advise you to do in Europe, don't let nobody touch you. Do not let anybody touch you. And if anybody touches you, including including children, Check yourself instantly. What do you mean touching? Touch. If somebody touches you, brushes you, bumps you, excuse me, I'm sorry. Hey, I didn't, my bad. You oh, because the pickpockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if they physically touch you, you must check yourself instantly. I was in Rome, and Rome is like pickpockets and these fucking little kids, man. They get on you like killer ants. Oh, so you got to keep the children away. I mean, at arm's length. And this was in the 80s. No kids around me at all. You'd be better off going in your pocket, taking out the change, and throwing it on the ground. <laughs> you do not want kids, no old people, Nobody, don't let nobody touch you. And if they touch you, you don't let them get out of your eyesight before you check yourself. Yeah. I mean, between the romantic, uh, the Romas, which is really nothing but the gypsies, and, I mean, that's huge business over there. Humongous business over there. But that should be an interesting trip. Your first time uh, in that part of Europe? My first time in Europe, period. Okay, then you 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 you'll enjoy it. I hope you like French food. I just you know I just told uh, my lady that this weekend. I was like, "What the hell am I eating in Paris?" Well, you know what? They like a lot of creamy shit. Uh, but, I don't like you, I don't like too much sauce or anything. So, so I was, yeah, but, I was like, "What the hell am I eat?" But they'll have little cafes and stuff like that. 
everywhere. I mean, you'd be able to find little snacky foods and stuff everywhere, so I don't think that'll be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it's a music festival? Yeah, it's called Afropunk. They got one in, uh, I mean, they also have one coming to Brooklyn, but yeah, it's, it's more like a... It's, yeah, it's like some form of music festival, but it's more like uh, soul artists, like the Erica Badu's of the world. Okay, is she headlining? No, no, no. I, you know, I didn't even look to see who's performing. One of my friends has somebody he knows that worked there, and we were supposed to go to Greece this year. And a lot of people waited to the last minute where the Greece price was like $1,600. So he was like, well, I'm going to just go to Paris because my friend was working at Afropunk. Do you want to go? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm not doing anything else. I'll, I'll go. If I just gotta buy well, I'll tell place. you now, Greece, next time you set up a trip to go to Greece, mm-hmm. pick the season. you got to pre-plan that thoroughly. You have never, I don't, you've been to Dominican Republic, you've been to Puerto Rico. Yeah. I'm sure you, have you been to Jamaica? No, but I, I need to get to Jamaica too. Have you been to Mexico? Yeah. Well, you ain't never felt, and I'm telling you now, Dominican Republic gets, and I've been there where it's brew too hot, but you ain't never felt the Mediterranean heat like Greece. You Greece in summer is you have reached the fourth level of hell. <laughs> I am talking about where your body can't even sweat. You can't even sweat. Damn. You can't even. It's so hot that you can't sweat. Damn, because we was damn sure going in the hottest, it was July, the end of July. No, you, you have got to plan out the season. We are <laughs> talking about the Mediterranean Sea. I got stationed right outside of, like, Cyprus, and I had never felt such oppressing heat in my entire life where I basically couldn't almost breathe. And I'm at the prime of my life, and I just couldn't breathe. And it just was relentless. So you spent the whole trip swimming. Yeah. I was like, is it like this all the time? It's like, why the fuck do you think all these people come here? And and everything is outdoor eating because there's no going indoors. Oh, wow. The heat is insane. So I would tell people to pick, you know, like, you don't have to worry so much about that in England. You don't have to worry so much about that in London because they don't just get that kind of heat. Matter of fact, their weather is like San Francisco. It never really gets but so hot and it never really gets but so cold. Yeah. But when you get towards Spain and and and, and Barcelona and that fucking Mediterranean, the Indian Ocean, forget it. That's a whole nother thing, man. We're talking about the water is, is 85 degrees. Man. So there is nowhere to get a break from that. As a matter of fact, before I get out of here, I just want to say, man, I wish, I wish Hawaii the best, man. They are suffering over there. And I feel bad for people who got, like, June weddings that, you know, like, people got those travel June weddings. Yep. And... Uh, and the fucking island, uh, those uh, volcanoes keep erupting. So you got any big plans for the week, or are you chilling? Uh, this week? No, I'm just chilling, yeah. Nothing planned this week. Yeah, I guess it's time to stack up some chips, because you'll need some euros. 
Well, I actually have I have a vacation June, July, and August, so I'm, I've been putting money away for those for those trips because they're so spaced. It's one every month in the summer, so. Oh wow! See, one thing I like about you, Ned. They're gonna put on your tombstone. He lived, and yeah, that's yeah. what you need to have put on there. He lived. I love talking. See, you know what? I'm 15, 16 years older than this gentleman, people, and I worked with him. But he seems like a peer of mine, not like some young guy, because you, you got an older spirit. You wanted to live even then, and it's a good thing. Yeah, even I'm though, proud of you friends, doing your thing, man. I got friends on the block, and they was like, even when I was younger, they was like, yo, you're the only one that, like, I went to Mexico at 18. It's like, yo, you're the only one that, like, just go places. You just get up and go. Everyone else, just come outside and sit on this corner. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, a matter of fact, I, I'm happy for people who live life goes by so fast, and too many people don't take advantage of this gift that you get called life. Yep. Go out there, experience some shit. You ain't got that fancy fucking camera. You ain't buy all those memory chips to put nothing on them. Yep. That's what that camera's for. You know, what do, what do I need a uh, 4K camera if I'm taking? I'm living in a 1K neighborhood. Yep. <laughs> you know, get your ass out there. Enjoy life, man. Eat some different stuff. Experience some different time. people. Just go to a different state. You you ain't got to go international. You go go see how they live in Iowa. Go to California. It's, it's cheap places you could go. I literally took a flight to Toronto for $125 in March. You know, my wife has been dogging me out about Canada, and she said that that's the one to go to. Vancouver, from what I hear, is more kind of ghetto she, and it's colder. But Toronto, I hear, is happening. Toronto's nice. Toronto's really nice. It's, it's very mixed, so they got different foods you can eat everywhere. I enjoy Toronto, um, but I, I haven't been anywhere else in Canada, so to compare it to. Yeah, you know what? It's not a crime to have a passport and get it stamped. Nope. Shit, it's not, it's not even a crime to get a passport and need an extension on the passport. Yep. You know, I have, a, I have a nephew. He's an engineer. This fucking guy... He's like, uh, I guess he just turned about 32, 33 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got ants in his pants, but he's seeing the entire fucking world. Yeah, that's awesome. He's at Carnival This, at this, that. Matter of fact, I, by chance, last year, ran into him in Vegas. Just by chance. At the airport, I, for some reason, I told my wife, call your niece and just ask her how you doing. She said, well, you know, my brother's in Vegas. Well, tell your brother, we'll be in Vegas in like uh, two hours. <laughs> Just because he does that. He get, one weekend, I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, let me pick somewhere crazy on the planet I can go to. I'm going to Brussels. Fuck it. I'm in Brussels. Yep. I got the money. I got no kids. I'm not married. Why not live life, right? Yep. Well, Nat, man, I appreciate you calling in, brother. All right, no doubt, man. And you have a great week. All right, thank you. You too. Have a good one. Okay, thanks. Hey, people. It's been my pleasure talking to you. This is Doc. And like I said, I can be reached here every Monday and Friday, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time at 724 
888-444-7444. Caller ID number is 145048. I also have older shows on YouTube, Vimo, iTunes, and TalkShoe. And I'm going to tell you, like I tell you, each and every time, no matter what's going on in this crazy world we live in, peace, people, peace.